Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Mr. Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, of all the McDonald's burgers I've ever hamburgled, these are the hottest, juiciest, and tastiest. Rubble. Hurry in and enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like a daily double and small fries for a limited time. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any of the offer comparison of prior classic burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, hello. Hey, hi. Welcome back to Good Game Nice Try. It's Friday. I feel like I say that every Friday, but it is Friday and I feel like it's warranted a celebration. We made it, right? It's hot, man. It's real hot. <laughs> it's so hot. It is kind of like hot. A, it's a million degrees outside. <laughs> Your boy ain't got any central air over here. It's crazy. Oh, no. Take me into the VR world. Take me into a simulated life. We need like a, a haptic suit, but just for heating and cooling. You know what I want is, here's a game I want to play, Central Air Simulator. <laughs> it's a game where it simulates if I had central air conditioning. I just, I need to play that. Can somebody make that game? Somebody <laughs> make that. Yeah, are you, are you a big fan of simulator games? You play a lot of simulator games. I'd say so. Um, I think that I would be a really big fan of Central Air Simulator. Yeah, I think so. Um, What's the, the now? The thing here's the thing about simulator games. All right, uh-huh. they started out great, like farming simulator, awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what's it like to be a farmer? Bus sim. What's it right. like to be a driving a bus? Now they're doing like power wash simulator. Hey, whoa, when, whoa, whoa, back when, off. When do they? When have we jumped the shark? Jump the shark simulator. Jump simulator. Shark simulator. <laughs> we can Where have it, it all. End? Where it's, does it end? I, you know what? I am gonna say it doesn't. And it shouldn't. I want people to push the boundaries of what a simulator game can be. I'm honestly thrilled to play Power Wash Simulator. And I don't know if you saw, we think we've talked about it before, but I think it might be coming up soon, Lawn Mowing Simulator. You know what? When I was a kid, we had, I had to mow the lawn when I was a child. And we didn't have a riding mower. We didn't have a gas-powered lawnmower. We had- It was one of the push ones? A motherfucking push mower. And guess what? It was dull AF. (laughs) It was like, it was, I would have been more successful taking two butter knives and being like, (laughs) it was hell. Give me a push mower simulator. It's like Resident Evil 9 push mower. (laughs) Is there a simulator game that goes too far? Ooh. Like simulator simulator where you're playing a simulator (laughs) game? What is it? You know, like- I, f- I feel like we've, we've, you know, looked at the edge in the eyes. We've danced around it. 
We've tiptoed around, we've touched it, but I don't think anyone has fully gone over the edge yet. Even with like the Colonel Sanders dating simulator, I was all for that. Power wash simulator, hell yeah. There's, uh, what's it called, Hatuoful Boyfriend, the one where you're dating birds? Yeah. Like a bird dating simulator? Sure, give it to me. I'm gonna say, here's here's my take, which is, I feel like it the simulator game is is falls into one of two categories, the simulator-ness, okay? Mm-hmm. It falls into the category of like, oh, this is like simulating a real thing. Like I would say bus sim. Okay. Right? It's kind of simulating. It's very complicated. There's a million buttons, but it's very true, t- I would imagine, to life. And like the different buses drive differently. You have to pick people up. You get graded on where you stop, if you stop at the proper stopping thing, you know? Yes. And you can't, I've tried to do comedy with bus sim. And aside from getting angry, you can't really like drive the bus off a cliff like you can in GTA. It wants you to be, to simulate the thing. Same with farming sim. I will say you can push the boundaries of that. Uh, I have taken a Bus full of people hostage off to the edge of the map. Um, Really? Because for me, it just puts me back on the road. So you can get to a point where you hit like an invisible wall. And I literally brought a bus full of people there and I just stopped. I just stopped. People are yelling at me. I just wanted to see how they would react. And then I tried to go up on a grassy knoll and I I tried to, uh, it was just not a good, it wasn't a good scenario. It wasn't good. I'm excited to see how I'm going to do in Power Wash Simulator though. Because how could that go wrong? Because the thing is, for like, for instance, like I played the KFC dating sim Mm -hmm. and I learned a lot about how I date people. Things I didn't realize. The KFC dating simulator held a mirror up to my face, up to my heart, frankly. What did you learn? Well, first of all... That Colonel Sanders is hot? First of all, A, do you have two eyes and a heart? You could clearly tell Colonel Sanders is hot, okay? Mm -hmm. Hello. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's easy. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying, like, look, when a a ball of mashed potatoes with a fork stuck in it came to me asking for, for, you know, like, for love, I said no. No, (gasps) I only saw the outside. I didn't see the heart of the mashed potato ball. Aaron... What I'm saying is this, a simulator game, what makes a great simulator game, in my opinion, is it teaches you something about yourself. For instance, Dream Daddy Simulator, one of my Mm -hmm. favorite games ever, taught me that, you know what? I can, with a little persuasion, open my heart to love. I can, I can be persuaded to love. This cold, dead, black piece of coal in my chest. There's hope. There's hope, it could spark eternal. And that's why I'm so excited about today's guest. Absolutely. Our guest today, uh, he's a voice actor, an animator, co-creator of the insanely huge YouTube channel. You might have heard of it. Game Grumps. It's kind of big. It's out there. Uh, He's like an OG internet human. He's incredible. Like an original animator back in the day. Um, He's the deliverer of Dream Daddies. And I'm so excited that we get to chat with him today. Here is our interview with Aaron Hansen, aka Ego Raptor. Hey. Oh, uh, What's up? I I love how before before I uh, yelled your name, I I was like, "All right, ready to rock." And you you know, we all seemed ready, but I did seem like I startled you a lot. 
Oh, uh, well, I'm always startled by everything. I feel like I'm <laughs> unprepared for just existing usually. Just life in general. Well, my wife is worse. I'll just walk into the room and she'll be like, oh my God, don't do that to me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> walk into the room? <laughs> You're like my general existence or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, I forgot you were here. <laughs> just in general. <laughs> I feel like I get that a lot too. Cause I'm also like, how tall are you, Aaron? Are you tall? Are you six two? Yeah. So we're like the same height. We're big people. And one thing is yeah. like on zoom, you don't quite realize because no. everyone's kind of the same height. And so, uh, I've only seen Sonia maybe six times in person, and every time she's like, Jesus Christ. It's like, you know. <laughs> that, that's, that is probably the number one thing aside from, oh, my God, when people see me in, in person is, like, if they're a fan and they recognize me, is, like, I, I didn't expect you to be so tall. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> how is fandom for you? Is that is it still weird? Does it? Do you ever get used to it? I mean, how? What are your feelings when fans approach you and see you? Because you know, Game Grumps is gigantic. It's a, it's a, it's a behemoth. It's weird, and it's not. I don't know. I feel like it goes in waves. Like I feel like there was a point where it was weird at first, and then I got used to it, and now it's back to being kind of weird again. But I will say, it's a great opportunity to like meet a lot of cool people. Because like there was, oh God, there was this one time where this guy I ran into in a mall. And he was just like, it was a very normal interaction. Just, hey, I like your stuff. And he was like, all right, I got to go. I'm, I'm headed to a martial arts tournament. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Excuse and me? Then, and then we talked about his stuff for like a half an hour. And he was like, I really have to go to this martial arts tournament. <laughs> and he, he was like talking about, he was like traveling to Thailand and shit. And he was like, he was learning all these different martial arts and mixing them together. And I was <laughs> like, this is awesome. Now I'm a fan of you more yeah. so than you are of me. Like, we're, what's your Instagram? No, you're the person like, wait, 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 well, uh, hold on, hold on, let's yeah, keep, yeah. Let's no, keep no, this no. going. Let's uh, can I get a picture? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> 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 right. uh, but then there's, the, then there's the situation where you don't get to have that. I was in Japan once, and there was this woman who's, like, very well-dressed, and she was with, like, three other people, and she came up, she was like, I'm a fan. I'm like, oh, cool, that's awesome. Wow, in Japan, I didn't expect that. And then, and then I was like, "Oh, you're, you dress so so nice." She was like in a suit, you know. I was like, "You dress so nicely. What's going on?" And she was like, "Oh, well, I I I go around to different corporations and try to like improve their like harassment laws." And I'm like, "What? That's amazing! I want to go." Specific. And she's like, I'm, "I'm sorry, I have to go." And I'm like, "What do you mean? You can't just drop that on me and then just go?" It's like the most interesting thing I've ever heard. So. <laughs> I mean, no doubt that you're getting recognized across across the globe, though. I mean, you've done 101 things. Uh, you are you're an animator, personality, voice actor, comedian, musician, deliverer of dream daddies. You have a touring company, 101 <laughs> other things. How would you, you're, you're a person with so many hats. I don't know how, A, how you balance all of these hats. And B, how do you, how do you describe it? Like, how do you encapsulate uh, all that is Aaron? I always say, like, oh, I, I run a touring company because I don't want to get into the whole, like, YouTube thing because that is such a rabbit hole to, to jump down with somebody who doesn't really know what that is. Because then they're Fair. like, what the, What does that mean? How do you make money? And I'm like, ah, man, I don't want to. So I was just like, I did a touring company. And they're like, oh, cool. So, like, bands or? <laughs> <laughs> and so when I, when I first started at Conan, uh, I would tell people, because I didn't want to, talk about the whole TV thing. Mm -hmm. And so I would just tell people I was a veterinary assistant. And then people, 
people would completely be like, oh, okay, okay cool. You know, like whatever. But one time I oh, met a girl no. who was like, oh my God, me too. And I was like, oh. And she goes, what's your specialty? And I really panicked. I was like, oh yeah, like dogs and cats and, and squirrels, like small animals. And she just looked at me like, those aren't, that's not the same. What are you talking about? And I was like, oh. The rules. And then oh, I was like, no. well, I work for I work for Conan. And she goes, oh, okay. And then she was like, well, why don't you just tell people that? And I was like, I don't know. And then I said, well, because I don't want people to ask me. So I say veterinary assistant. And she goes, yeah, I get that a lot. And I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, talk about, I, I had my foot in my mouth and then I oh took my, my other foot and shoved it also <laughs> in my mouth. What a great oh, interaction was, all around. <laughs> I'll apprentice you. Uh, <laughs> five years down to, the road. Yeah. <laughs> You're full master. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I had, a, you know, it's it's funny because so I used to work at um, uh, the Disney parks, right? And uh, in Florida specifically, you always have to wear your name tag, and it says what your name is and where you're from. And I forgot mine one day, but they have a contingency plan for that. They have a big tub. Of just name tags that you can just have. <laughs> you can be whoever you want. Exactly. So I, I I was just like, there weren't a whole lot that day. And the only guy name was Brian so, <laughs> from Boston. And I don't know anything about Boston. I didn't know anything <laughs> about Boston at the time. And so I was like, all right, I guess I'll be Brian from Boston. And just like like a curse. Every single person that came up to me was just like, hey, from Boston, me too, where are you oh, from? No. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't, the place where they make the baked beans, I don't know. <laughs> that is, I, it's so funny because it's it's like such an interesting thing. You know, you say like the, the YouTube as a, as a rabbit hole kind of thing, but there still mm -hmm. is this in weird sense that that's not the mainstream, but that is the mainstream. And it's yeah. so fascinating to me. Why do you think that is? Is that because like... The way that, you know, when we create things, we're not in front of a live audience. Well, like, why do you think that there's that sense of... I think it's just because everything's so niche now, you know? It's like, and, and these niches have, we've discovered that these niches have such huge uh, audiences, you know? Like, gaming had one channel on TV for a while, you know? And now yeah. it's like, oh, we found out, in fact, that gaming is huge and there are hundreds of millions of people who watch these videos. Um, but I think it's also, like, consistency, right? Like, what usually when you are at a certain point in, like, a YouTube or career or streaming career or whatever, um, you, you do the same thing almost every day, if not every day, if not multiple times a day, right? So there, there's just, like, a sense of, like, they're always in my life. And that mm -hmm. feels more personal, I think. Whereas, like, a George Clooney, for example, like, he'll be in a show that's, like, once a week, maybe. Um, and at, at the yeah. same time, it's not really about him. It's about, like, an ensemble cast or whatever. Like, sure. Whereas, you know, you watch something like Game Grumps, then it's, like, it's just me and Dan. Um, the mm -hmm. whole time, there's nobody else involved in that. Um, so I think that's... I think that's the main difference, if I had to guess. I don't know. But yeah. that's uh, social media, for sure, I think is a big factor as well. Where did it start for you? Like, what inspired you? You were around with Newgrounds, like, back in the yeah. day, before a lot of people were doing this. Where did it all start? Um, uh, well, I mean, it, uh, it originated just from, I'm sure, with anybody who gets into comedy, like, just friends, and you're always cracking jokes. And it, it was, I was really into computers as well. Like, I, I feel like I was sort of a 
in, in that time when I was young, I was on the computer, um, so I was learning a lot of stuff about like audio programs and everything. So very early on, I was like recording the things that I was saying with like this shitty little microphone that was like this big. Um, <laughs> and it was like terrible. Its quality was awful, but it was like a way to, you know, keep something that I was making. And uh, it wasn't until uh, Napster, um, if you, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I was bi- I was big into Napster, oh, man. Oh, big right. too. That, that, it's like when I, that's how I got into music. That's Real how player. I got, Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. So I I would find these like comedy MP3s, and I wouldn't realize that they were from like radio shows. I didn't realize like this Whoa. is from Opie and Anthony, and this is from Howard Stern. I just thought they were people making funny bits and then distributing them. So I was like, why don't I do that? Um, so I started making some, and then you know all these all these things that I downloaded were there was no algorithm or, or, or like recommended in Napster. You would just search people's libraries for the song that you wanted, right? Oh, yeah. So people would start like adding tags in the title of the MP3s, right? It would be like you know Star Wars in thirty seconds, and then it would be like funny, hilarious, comedy, like in mm-hmm. the title of the <laughs> MP3. So like I started doing that. I was like, okay, and the awesome. first thing I I made was like. The In a Nutshell series. So I made like Dragon Ball Z in a Nutshell, Digimon in a Nutshell, Pokemon in a Nutshell. And then I would put like comedy, funny, parody, hilarious afterwards. Awesome. And then I just was like hoping that people would download it. Um, And then I sort of forgot about it. uh, But I kept sort of making them just for fun and just putting them in that folder because that's where they live. And then one day, you know, months later, I got curious and I was like, has anybody downloaded any of this? And I searched it, and there was, like, 200 results. And I was like, whoa! People actually downloaded these things. That's amazing. Um, And then, uh, like you said, I was a big Newgrounds fan, and then I found somebody on Newgrounds had made a Flash version of my Dragon Ball Z in a nutshell MP3. And, And it was, like like, number one on the portal. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, like, messaged the guy, and I was like, hey, I made that. And he was like, oh, cool. Uh, don't sue me. And I was like, no, no, no I'm excited. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and that's sort of where it's because I was like, well, okay, why don't I start making stuff on Newgrounds then? And then that's yeah. it just keep kept going. Like, it just kept making stuff because it's fun to make things funny and to make people laugh, you know? What is the next peak for you? Is there a next peak? Like you've done so much and accomplished so much. Like what excites you now about creating or just where we are in general in the entertainment industry? Uh, See, that's tough. And it's it's probably emblematic of that I do a million things is because there's no like goal. I just like passion. So... You know, I'll see somebody be passionate and I'll want to help them and and support them and and to do something cool or like I'll have an idea and I'll be really fired up about it and then I'll just go and do it, right? I honestly think it was sort of a a result of that I have ADHD and the way like your brain makes serotonin with that is that you're like, you don't do the thing you're supposed to do, right? Like to to put it very (laughs) simply. Sure. Um, So like you know, I would have a task to do, and then I'd be like, well, why don't I do this other thing? So, like, everything I've ever done that's been successful has been a side project <laughs> that, that ends up becoming the big project, and then right. I'm like, okay, well, what about something else? Mm-hmm. Um, it all stems from the fact that you you haven't completed a biology term paper. It's the, everything you've done is just <laughs> not putting write it off one, this long. one paper <laughs> years and years ago. You're like, well, I'll do this. <laughs> yeah, it's wild, too, because you can, you can actually, like, 
engineer that. It's called structured procrastination. So, so you can you can actually like prioritize like I'm going to do this thing in your head knowing full well that you're not going to do that thing because this thing's less important. You can literally be like okay, technically that thing's less important because it's more important and this thing's the more and your brain is like okay, that's fine and it, and you can trick it. It's very strange. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Do you know someone struggling to figure out their mental health benefits? The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office is here to help. Find us at insurance.ohio.gov slash G-E-T-M-H-I-A or call us at 855-438-6442. Don't wait. The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office can help you figure out what mental health insurance benefits may be in their plan. Call us today at 855-438-6442. Are you playing anything now for fun? What are you doing for fun? Um, I think the lockdown has sort of made me more uh, playing a lot of, like, multiplayer stuff. Nice. Because I can't, I wasn't able to get, like, the f- interaction with people that I usually get, and which makes me want to go home and be like, I just want to play a video game on my own. So, yeah, I, there was a lot of Discord, and there was a lot of, like, oh, let's mm-hmm. play this game now, let's play this game now. So, like, I was playing a ton of, like, Dead by Daylight, I was playing a ton of Rust, I was playing a ton of Sea of Thieves, Valheim. Um, so just a- anything I could play with my friends. Um, but when I got a PS5, it was all about Demon Souls, Oof. and then it was all about uh, Returnal, which was dope. Ooh, I, I feel like yeah. it was a little under under uh, appreciated when it came out. Yeah, I think there was a lot of hype for it, and then nobody talked about it after it was out. That's true. It with yeah. a lot of things, honestly. I feel like they'll you know they're super pumped up, everyone's super excited, and then it's like a whisper. Dude, maybe I'm just a crotchety old man at this point. Um, in my 30s, but <laughs> do, do you do you also have the thing where now where it's just like I just don't like like Elden Ring, right? Like I know I'm very stoked for it. I know it's gonna be great. I'm probably gonna buy it, you know, pretty close to when it comes out. But like the new trailer comes out, and I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'm not I'm not like oh shit. Like I'm just like that's great. All right, I'd say it'll be good. I know it'll be good. I right. don't care. So yeah. I, I feel like I would only get super stoked at that point if it was something that was just like an like Guitaru Man. If they made like a Guitaru Man 2, which is like one of my top five games of all time, I'd be like, what? Oh my god. Like yeah. that's the only thing that would get me super stoked. Because if it's just something that's like, oh, another Mario? Cool. cool. I, yeah. I will definitely play it for like 40 hours. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna have a lot of that. fun. I know. I feel like it takes me a lot to, like, get over that threshold of actually being excited. And I caught a lot of that during E3 where I'm like, I just, I'm watching all these trailers. I'm watching the press conferences. And I'm like, give me something good. I want to get pumped. I feel like Halo Infinite got got me there-ish. 
I am excited. I am going to play it. That's probably what gave me like the, you know, closest to the most excitement. Um, and I was really excited for a new Forza Horizon. But outside of that, I was like, what yeah. else? Is for- Forza Horizon the open world one? Yeah. That one was fun, man. Well, whichever one was the one I played on the Xbox, whatever. I never know. Dude, there's so many like, this is Grapple Guy 1, and like, now it's <laughs> Grapple Guy 2, and now it's Grapple Guy Returnal, and now it's <laughs> Grapple Guy Ultra Single, and Grapple Guy Zero, and it's like, I don't know which one I played, but yeah, it was but one a good of one. Them, one of them was yeah. a hit. <laughs> the, the only thing, in, and so I'm in this weird hell. Here's the hell I'm stuck in. I'm in this weird hell where the only thing now, the, the only kind of game that gets me truly excited is a game with an unreliable narrator. All right, like where you start as a game and then it opens up into being something else. Well, obviously, here's the shitty part about that. You can't just search for unreliable narrator games because then you know that it's not about the thing you're playing. So it's like this weird thing of like, I'm looking for a fight club game and most (laughs) games aren't fight club games, but then when one is, it's just like, it's the best. But so that's... I don't know what to do, but that's the only thing that's like really makes me excited about games now, you know? So so is like the Stanley Parable like your favorite game of all time? Well, so the Stanley Parable is great. Have you played the the sequel, The Beginner's Guide? No, what? The guy made another game called The Beginner's Guide, which is fantastic. And it's this game where it's the, the conceit is you are being taken through a series of games. So uh, like a super fan of this game dev is taking you through all this guy's games that this other guy has made, starting from his first game and going on and on. So it's a lot of like walking around and experiencing these games. I'm like, okay, so it's his second game. So he started using lampposts here that cast a a very white light. And what that did, (laughs) and dude, it gets, I mean, to say it gets bonkers is doing it a disservice. It's so great. And, And even knowing that it, turns into something else, it won't ruin it, but it's it's a very enjoyable experience. But that's wow. exactly the kind of game, right, Stanley Parable, that stuff. So it's just like, God damn it. So that's where <laughs> I'm at. It does take something special to find like a gem now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something that is that's like true. completely unexpected. Like the first time I played the Stanley Parable, like it just, it, I don't know, blew my mind. And, and games yeah. that actually get me excited in that way and blow my mind in that sense are are few and far between now, I feel like. And it does, you know, as we're saying, it take a lot for me to get to that threshold to be, like, super stoked for something that's coming out. Um, but one that I did really appreciate and I thought was incredible, I did love Dream Daddy Simulator. Oh, my gosh. Out of all of the ridiculous, insane, beautiful simulators there are out there, when you can be a hot dad, that's something special. That That is truly a gem. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. I, I can't. I I really can't take a whole lot of credit for that because it was the Dream Daddy team that that mostly put it together. I was just the guy that said yes. But that's the so, big thing. I mean, I was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a strange process because it was. There was definitely a lot of like, "What are you working on, Vernon? What <laughs> is this?" And like every every company meeting would just be. He'd be like, "Hey, so we're still doing this," and everyone's like, "Okay." <laughs> but I was like, "Oh no, it's exciting. It's fun, right?" And everyone's like, "All right." And then it came out, and everyone was like, "Oh shit, this is really good." Um, so yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I am very proud of that. It's a very, very awesome project. I'm glad there was, you know, it was something that was a lot of inclusivity and um, gave people something that I don't think was out there before. I, I, I feel like like uh, the sort of like gay dating space was a little more like um, 
I don't say like like pulpy or like uh, mm. gratuitous, mm. Uh, and this this felt like something that was very wholesome, and it was like exploring the subject and sort of like an honest and th- we we call it uh, uh, sincerity wrapped in cynicism, right? Because mm. mm. like you you see Dream Daddy a dad dating simulator, and you're like, oh ha ha ha, that's a funny concept. But then you play it, and you're like, oh wow, there's a lot of really honest stuff in here yeah. that sort of makes me feel things. Which is nice. Absolutely. I thought it was, and I, and again, like, yeah, I, I loved it. It felt very nuanced and a really great, very genuine, um, which is great. And that, and, you know, again, like games as an art form, like that's something I think it was very disarming that I wasn't prepared for. And that's why I really loved it. Um, <laughs> we got you. Got him. <laughs> So do you have anything else uh, in the pipeline or any other genres you want to explore? Anything you're you're cooking up in the kitchen right Dream now? Daddy Zero, the prequel. The pre- <laughs> Dream Daddy Horizons. <laughs> New Horizon um, 4. Uh, so we, we launched um, a uh, battle royale. It was like a platformer battle royale called um, Soviet Jump Game. And that, you know, that had its own life cycle. Uh, it didn't pop off like we hoped it would. Um, but after that, we were sort of kind of like, oh, th- this is really difficult. Like, I think we, I think we had, I mean, obviously making Dream Daddy was difficult, but like, you know, right out the gate, having a massive success was sort of, you know, gave us a, a skewed view of what games development is, right? So, so having a game that was sort of like, okay, I hope we make our money back was, uh, was, was humbling. And it sort of made us really question, like, is this something that we want to do? Um, I think the thing that was most important to me about it was, you know, there was no plan to make a games development wing of Game Grumps, right? It was just an idea that Vernon and Leighton had, and I was like, let's do it. Fine, that sounds great. Because all I want to do is help support people who are creating, right? So what we're basically doing is we're, we're finishing out the the people that, like, we wanted to, who were like, I have this idea, and we were like, that's a good idea, let's support you. So we're finishing that out. I think we have we have one more game left um, that's sort of been in the works for for a long time. It's, it's sort of small scale, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. And I, I don't know that there's much I can say about it, mm. but it's uh, it's very exciting. It's, it's uh, I think, psychological in a way. Okay. Um, Ooh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really cool. I, I would be really curious when you go so, from something like Dream Daddy Simulator on one end of the spectrum to uh, something like Soviet Jumping Game. It's it's a broad uh, broad spectrum that you can play between. Uh, yeah. Well, I think you know that's something that we're that I think we're not good at is is the the sort of like brand visibility thing. You know, because because. You know, you look at you look from the outside at a games development studio, right? And it's like we release Dream Daddy, right? And then and then everyone's like, "What's the next Dream Daddy?" Like, you know, what uh, are you going to make mm-hmm. Miracle Mommy? You know, and it's <laughs> and it's like, uh, no, no, that was a sort of well thing, and now somebody else has a creative idea that has nothing to do with that. But I think people sort of expect, mm. like, oh, now you're the 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 gay dating simulator guys like you need to make more gay dating sim- dating simulators so I I think that's something that we're sort of not great at in terms of like the brand packaging the putting everything together which makes it seem like we do a million weird things which is true um, that that it's just like I don't know that's a great idea I'll pursue that fine but you know maybe it, it won't work out or maybe it will. 
We love to end every interview with asking our guest their favorite game and their least favorite game. Now, this is not the best game and worst game. This is to you, but let's maybe start with, in true Game Grumps fashion, uh, a game that really irked you. It's not so much, see, I, I can't, in a bubble, I don't know if I can answer that because Ooh, I I, there's that. always something I like about any game. Sure. There's always something that I can learn or understand or be surprised by. Um, but when it comes to like games at large and people's reactions to them, Skyward Sword is, which is great because it just got re-released. Um, <laughs> that's my most hated game uh, because I just, I I don't understand how anybody likes that game. And the fact that so many people like that game just drives me mad. And I, I like, I've so many times I've, I've gone through it and I'm just like, I'm like I'll, I just, what am I missing? Every like, time I don't I'm get like, it. This is terrible. And, and I just, yeah, so th that's the one for sure but for you me. you enjoyed previous Zelda games at all or? Yeah, yeah. Kind of no, okay, okay. I, I grew up with Zelda, right? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, as I get older, I'm sort of more, um, I have less patience for, like, the 3D ones. Yeah, Because I fair. feel like they waste a lot of time. But, like, I can appreciate the things about it. I mean, there's plenty I can appreciate about Skyward Sword. Like, there's a lot of cool creative ideas in that game. And you can tell... Like in Breath of the Wild, they used a lot of those and and like made them more tactile or made them more physics based or or just interesting in general. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like Skyward Sword is very rigid in how it approached everything. But I forget where we started with this conversation. Yes, I do like Zelda games. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So now the game that gives you the most joy. What is the game when you think ah the shining beacon on the hill? That was when I was truly happy playing this game. So there's three. Oh, <laughs> whoa, let's um, go. The one I always say right up front is Mega Man X. I don't um, really have much new stuff to say about that. It's just, it's, I love it. Mega heart. Man's huge. As I was a big Mega Man fan, still yeah. am. The The other two, though, um, are sort of more recent, I don't know, um, discoveries about how much they meant to me. Uh, because I play Mega Man X all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I play it at least, like, three times a year or something. Wow. Um, but but I recently replayed Chrono Trigger, um, and that was just, like, I I cried. Like, I wept at certain parts. And not necessarily because the game was particularly good at making me weep or anything, which I think it's it's pretty good. But, like, because it meant so much to me. Right, there were like yeah. moments that I remembered, and it was like, oh man, I was in my bedroom, and like, oh, this is fucking. And so, yeah, that uh -huh. game really has something special about it um, that that means a lot to me. And the third one was the aforementioned Guitaru Man, uh, which I know neither of you know what that is. Uh -uh. Nope, probably <laughs> no idea. It's a PS2 game, music game by Koei, uh, where you you had to like tap the buttons and the main thing was you move the joystick to follow like this sort of like flaming finger type thing All right. and uh, you had to press the buttons at the certain time oh, is to, it like, to make um, like the guitar notes what's it called uh, Osu or Osu is kind it kind of, of like yes. an early version of that yeah oh nice okay but it's uh, it's hard to replay because it's a music game and mm. it requires there to be no lag and that was in the oh. PS2 area where everyone was playing on CRT still so that's how you play it and we all use LCD screens or OLEDs or whatever the fuck, and they have lag. So you oh. can't play, you can't emulate it, you can't play it on a PS3. Whoa. In fact, I don't even think the the backwards compatible PS3 can handle 
there's something wrong with it and it like, crashes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finally uh, hooked up a little CRT in the office yes. and put awesome. and put a PS2 and I was like, I'm fucking playing guitar now. <laughs> And and I played it, and again, like I I actually started tearing up just from like playing just from playing the game. I was mm-hmm. like, this is oh, yeah. it means so much to me. Um, so that that's it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful game. I, oh, I had the man. same. I had the very same reaction with uh, Parappa the Rapper. Where I oh, nice. Loved that game so so much, but because it was you know early PlayStation, um, I tried to hook it up on my computer, on my uh, my big TV, and everything. And there's so much lag. It mm-hmm. literally broke my soul. <laughs> yeah. I was so excited to get it up and going again, but it just destroyed me. So when they finally remastered it and re-released it, it's just it was so beautiful. So are you are you like <laughs> you're hoping for a remake, hoping for a remaster or something? I would love not even well, I guess so. Yeah, because I could play it more easily. Um there was a PSP port um, oh, where they oh. added like two new songs. Um but a sequel would be I think the best, even though it was like kind of a contained story. Whatever. A more Guitar Man would be great. Yes, yes. Put it out there. We'll manifest it. Yeah. There we <laughs> put go. Put it out in the universe. There we go. I love it. I love it. Well, dude, this was so awesome. Thank you so much. I mean, what a great conversation. And look, I think we're all just we're all just getting to that point where we got we just want to be happy with what we're making. And I think Guitar Man makes us happy. So maybe we just <laughs> we just play that forever and that'll uh give us eternal happiness. But give thank it a you. shot, man. Yeah. That perfect like PS2 era, weird Japanese, oh. like awesome, great aesthetic. Love like, it. It's so cool. I'm in. I'm in. I love it. Uh awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you. I have to say, you know, I we have a lot of great guests on this podcast. We're very lucky to to have uh, a great buggy department, great producing, Jen. But I feel like Aaron and I are soulmates. I would love to be like, a, a, consider myself a lowly game grump or just a grump, frankly. Wouldn't you agree, Sonia? Maybe he's the game, you're the grump. There we we can we can put our powers together. Nailed it. Um, definite Dream Daddy vibes today. And thank you so much to Aaron for joining us. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, but stick around because, hey, we'll be right back. You can't get rid of us that easy. Will we? Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, welcome back. Now, huge news. Uh, I'm not saying anything you don't know, Sonia, because you know we've discussed a little bit, but Netflix announced they are getting into the video game space, uh, which, uh, you know, Netflix is insane. It's huge. It's become a household name like Jacuzzi or Kleenex. A lot of times you talk about, you know, what are, uh, Netflix and chill, these things. So them entering the video game space is really interesting. Uh, and I have thoughts about it. What do you, when you heard that news, what did you think, Sonia? What were your first, what was your first hot take? Honestly, I think it just makes sense 
in in terms of something that they would explore next. I feel like they've been really, it's been really interesting to see how innovative they've been with, um, like I really enjoyed something like Bandersnatch where it's a like sure. choose your own adventure. It was something kind of different. And the same what they're doing with Headspace where it is like a choose your own adventure. It's more interactive. So I, I feel like it's, they're dancing around things that are um, outside of their their comfort zone and things that they're they're known for and kind of pushing that boundary. So I feel, and gaming is massive. I, you know, it's huge. And I feel like it just makes sense. You know what I mean? I just wonder, like when I first heard that, look, I'm all, obviously, I love any kind of thing that is going to bring video games more into the mainstream, get more exposure for uh, developers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as players, we all benefit. A rising tide raises all boats. But I just wonder, like, who is it for? is my question. Mm. Like, I, I do get the Bandersnatch thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, Bear Grylls has You versus Wild. There's also children's programs that are interactive as well. And that's fine. And that's great. You know, Bear, the Bear Grylls thing is great. I thought Bandersnatch was great. But I do wonder, who is it for? What kind of games are we going to see on there? Well, I think I think it's interesting. And, you you know, you are right that it. I'm all for anything that kind of brings games more mainstream and brings um, just more eyes and more anything to the space. And it's interesting to see how something like Xbox or something like PlayStation, how they've gone from solely a gaming console and a gaming platform to now they've expanded to be like a media hub. And maybe that's kind of, you know, the same direction of Netflix is known for one thing. And now they're going to be the opposite. Like, uh, you know, they're just expanding the opposite way. Now they're going from shows and movies and TV into into the gaming space. So just, again, trying to be like an all-encompassing gaming hub. But as a gamer, I'm coming from a space of why would I go to Netflix for a game? First of all, like as a media hub, I'm on my PlayStation 5. It's Netflix is another quote unquote game for me to play. I'm not starting with Netflix. I'm starting with PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I want to play an old game, I could go to PS Now. I could go to Xbox on my Xbox Game Pass. There's thousands and thousands of games on there. I'm not going to go to Netflix for a streaming game because I can already play thousands of games that I love there. If I'm a huge developer of a AAA title, why am I going to lock up my title on Netflix in a walled garden for people who aren't serious gamers? Where my brain did go, my producer brain, this is the exciting part to me, If I'm Netflix, here is what I think the smart move is. Something like The Last of Us, where we say, we're Netflix, we have a ton of money, we can take your IP and make it a series. If you give us Mm. your game, yes, it's gonna be only on Netflix, but we will give you a three season TV show based in the world of your game. I think that is really exciting. That's, yeah. No, that's a really, really good thought. And especially with them being such a, uh, you know, they have so many, again, like Netflix originals, like stuff that is close to home for them that are theirs and they could do so much with. Like, why not keep it all under their under their umbrella and, and within their within their beautiful you know rosy garden. Um, and Jen, feel free to weigh in here too. Jen, you you said in the chat Tiger King the game, but like for instance, if I'm a dev and I'm going to make Tiger King the game, why am I going to only put it on Netflix? I would put it on Steam or something else that could explode somewhere else. Well, do, do you know what I'm saying? Unless Netflix is offering to make and and make something larger than just a game, which I could see. But what do you think, Jen? Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, I feel like 
their goal is to just bring more consumers to them. So their their motive would be sure. to just make a Netflix exclusive game. And, you know, they have a whole library, a whole catalog of original content that they already can work off of. So it would make it more desirable to say, hey, you can play this game, <laughs> The Crown Simulator, like on our platform. You know what I mean? Like, because they have so many original shows already. And if yeah. you if you think of the amount of people that even have a PS5 at this point, like how hard it is to still get a PS5 in like a next gen console. If I can't get a PS5 or I can't get like if I don't have a console out, I have Netflix built into my TV. Like it's just an app on my TV. It's already there. I feel like I'm really, really gunning for Netflix games. I feel like this Which is, is turning great. into an ad. Here's the bad side of it that I don't mm. like. I, I, and I think all of us here, Jen, you, me, and Sonia, are all very protective of games. Games are very emotional to me, and they, you know, obviously for nostalgic reasons, but just, you know, we talk a lot about them being a new art form and these things. And I just want, I would love to see something from Netflix that says we care about games other than just a cash grab or mm -hmm. other than we've reached market saturation with our streaming service. So now here's another thing. I wanna, I wanna see Netflix elevate the art form of games. Take what you could do mm -hmm. well, which is make great entertaining shows and elevate IP. Bring it in, bring games in, like Bandersnatch, like these interactive things are so cool and there is a real spectacular opportunity here that that's what I want to see from Netflix. If they could do the gaming industry justice and like you're saying, elevate it with everything that they have, with their their money, their resources, their IPs, their everything, and they can show love to it and not have it as like a, a, a gatekeepy, yeah. you know, you can only play this on Netflix. Like if it is something like The Last of Us, if they're doing like a Last of Us series, and then also we've got this like, DLC or like this this part of the game that you can play on here, but also you can play it on other platforms, but you can watch the series on here and then play the game, but also you can play it on other platforms. You know what I mean? If it's not like a, uh, like you're saying, locked behind these, these walls and you can only play it on Netflix, I, I feel they have to be careful and delicate with the, with the whole gaming space. But at the end of the day, why not? Totally. Well, that is going to do it for this week. Guys, uh, you know, I love this. We had a, a kind of a cool, serious discussion about video games. Look at That's us. That's good. Look, Look at us. Guys, we're all grown up. We're all grown up. Now back to fart jokes next week. Uh, fart simulator. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. If we, if you want us to prescribe you a video game or if you have a recommendation of a game you think we should play, please include it in a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll discuss it on air. That's right, baby. And we'll see you all next time. Good Game Nice Try is produced by Jen Samples and Nick Leal. Our executive producers are Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Beckton, with engineering and sound design by Joe Tisdall. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. Special thanks to Lisa Byrne and music by John Danik. Danik, Danik, Danik. Ah. Aaron literally came and made eye contact with me. I had to do it. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. 
Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.